I'm preaching. Uh, so, can come in and shut up. Uh, so, last week, I told you all not to bring your moms. A lot of you brought your moms. Sal, Vera. Well, Tyson, did you bring your mom? No. Oh, phew. Okay. But, you know, I thought I joined the club. I brought my mom. Where's my mom and dad? There they are. That's my mom and dad right, right back there. Yeah, so, so if the sermon sucks tonight, we'll just blame it on my uh, upbringing, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, okay. Happy freaking Easter. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to say freaking. I would have made this. It would be so much better. Anyways. Uh, okay, I'm, gonna st- I'm just going to start right up front with praying because uh, otherwise I say stupid things and it's all worthless um, unless God does this. So, if you all pray with me. And praying with me says, if you agree with the stuff that I'm asking God, say, yeah, 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 what he said. Jesus, uh, thank you for this. Thank you. Thanks that I get to preach. Um, I think it's kind of fun. It's kind of gnarly ramping up to it, but um, this is the fun part. So I pray uh, that I can enjoy it. I pray that we all can enjoy it. Um, More than that, may your face be before me. Um, Give me words that are yours, not mine. I think this is good. I think you. This is. I think you did something weird here, and I love you for it. I, I, I think this is awesome. So I pray that I can get this across to my friends, and that they will love you, love you more for it as well. Um, so. Oh yeah, take care of Kepi right now too. Thanks. Amen. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a gnarly couple of weeks. Um, my son Kepi, he's in. The, he's. I think he's going into a sleep test like right now. Um, he, he sucks at breathing evidently, and that's kind of required thing. So, so we're working on that. Um, and he's been at children's hospital. <laughs> this is, this is, this is actually kind of a funny thing for those of you who know Chris Baker. Chris Baker is one of the founding guys of, uh, of scum and he's now a doctor. He's a smart guy at, um, at children's hospital. And we, and we saw him there. He was our doctor for like two hours, but, um, we were telling him that, oh, they're telling the nurses there. It's like, Chris Baker, yeah, yeah, he helped found our church. And, like, he used to lead worship and stuff. And, like, the look on this nurse's face is like, no, no way. So if you know Chris Baker, you can, you can see why that would be funny. But um, anyways, uh, I, I'm, I'm psyched to give you guys this message. It's very, I, I think it's terribly interesting. And, uh, but I'm going to be, I will be psyched to be done with it because I've been working hard and, and I just finished drawers at my house. And it's the first time I've had a place for all my CDs in 10 years. So I get to go home and organize my CDs. So I'm super psyched. Um, so I'm going to say this really fast. Um, just kidding. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it's, it's Easter, and I am indeed talking about uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's dead, and he came back to life. And it says so in the Bible. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in the science fiction part of the library, this, this resurrection of Jesus. Science fiction because, as scientifically speaking, this is fiction. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. It can't happen. You can't do the stuff that is written in the book. So, so I'm going to start with this disclaimer. I say science fiction. Some people are like, oh, that's not science fiction. It's fact, fact, fact. And I, I'm actually going to play with that a little bit tonight. It's kind of, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> now, before, before you start planning my exorcism, just keep listening, okay? Where are, where are we? we? Yes, Jesus is dead. That's where we left off. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Fran talked about that um, very poignantly. And, um, and then last week, some, a little bit of the aftermath after Jesus was dead, like, oh, it sucks. You know, you wrap it up. Do you wait and see? Or in, what was the other one? Cut and run. Um, so, yeah, how do you react to, to crazy situations? Tonight's... It's the end of the book. We've been in Mark for months, long time. And I get the end. I get the freaking climax. This is it. This is what we've been ramping up to. Like, this is a huge deal. Like, Christians, Christianity, we won't shut up about this. Christ Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he rose again on the third day, giving us eternal life. We say this all the time, right? We sing it in flowery major keys and beautiful songs. But Jesus doesn't do it quite that way. He does it in kind of more of a minor key. A little bit more subtle. So, I want you to read with me. This is Mark 16, 1 through 8. Um, For our purposes tonight, it's the end of the book. There's actually, you might see if you're reading along in your Bible, there's more verses that are interesting. It, it's a weird thing. It's, it's kind of debated. But Craig's talking about that next week, and that's going to be super sweet. I can't wait to hear about that. But read with me. First one. We got it? Sweet. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, comma, and Salome, this could, this could be confusing. Salome is another, another girl, three ladies, uh, bought spices so that they might come and anoint Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. That was easy. Although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right, wearing a white robe. And they were amazed. And he said to them, don't be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He's risen. He's not here. Behold, here's the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So uh, you've heard mentioned uh, uh, Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion. 
Uh, Mike even showed a clip from it uh, a couple couple few weeks ago. Um, and it's I, honestly, I think it's pretty good. It's not bad. Um, it definitely accomplished what he was shooting for. It showed how he was determined and and he suffered and and thusly his passion for getting the job done but at the end of the movie do you you remember how the movie ends? oh he's cool super cool like jesus rises rises and leaves the tomb he he like he's sitting on the bench in in the tomb and the sun is like beaming beaming in the entrance and on his face and he looks up and he stands up and like through the miracles of CGI, you can look through his hands and stuff. And then he strides out of the, the frame of the, the picture. And he's like, ah, go kick their asses, Jesus. <laughs> Your sight. Now, if you've read the book, um, the, he, the, he just goes and talks to his friends. <laughs> and, and the ass kicking doesn't come for a long time. This scene is totally made up. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. I, I suppose it makes for happy Hollywood producers. But it's not in the Bible. I think it's so interesting that it's not. Where, where are the reporters? Where's the press conference? Jesus' PR department totally botched this one. I mean, everything could have been solved. I mean, gosh, if you had like six unrelated witnesses corroborating the same event, I mean, wouldn't it, it seems like it would have kind of sealed the deal on the faith of all posterity. He didn't ask me, <laughs> but it seems like somebody watching Jesus actually come out would have been very helpful to this. But we don't get to see it. We don't get to see it. For, for Jesus, I'd say this is a subtle exit. Worse than subtle Embarrassing. I mean, do you remember how he got to Earth? In a barn. Eh. <laughs> Again, PR department. <laughs> Screw that one up, too. I mean, the Earth and everything in it was created through Jesus. And so when he wants to come to the party, he comes in the back door. And then when he leaves, basically, the party goers smash him down the garbage disposal and he leaves quietly through a drain pipe. This is, this is a noteworthy modus operandi for the Son of Man, the Son of God. Um, you guys know who uh, Rodney Mullen is? Yes. He's a, he's basically the father of technical skateboarding. Craziness. Does tricks that people still don't do, except for him. 
I mean, basically, he was he was credited with inventing the kickflip. You know, almost everybody knows what a kickflip is. He invented it, and the backside kickflip, and the frontside kickflip, and the double kickflip, and the triple kickflip, and the heel flip, and dot 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 dot. There's like like so many tricks that Rodney invented. Anyways, um, they made this video of him. Uh, it was Rodney Mullen versus Daywon Song. Daywon Song was arguably had as much talent as Rodney did, but uh, uh, just didn't near didn't nearly have his creativity. Anyways, this this video was insane. Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh!" And I, I literally I didn't even imagine you could do that with a skateboard. And so, it, like, people were freaking out. And so. They immediately was like, oh, crap, let's film another one. And so they made a Rodney versus Day One 2. This was like one of the most anticipated skate videos ever. I don't know if there's another. I'm a little behind on that stuff now. But, like, I don't know if there's a more anticipated skate video than Rodney versus Day One 2. Anyways, uh, back when I, wor I worked in a board shop, and uh, my boss, the owner of the shop, he was, he was kind of a rock star. And he got invited to the premiere of this video, everybody was like, oh, this is going to be sick. And it was in Vegas. So he, he goes down to Vegas, and um, my, my, my boss, Jay, and some friends on the night of the premiere, uh, you know, they meet up, and they start walking to the, the place where the movie is. And um, <laughs> they're talking. They're, they're psyched for the show. They're, they're laughing. And then Jay sees a guy walking by himself. And he's like, Rodney? He's <laughs> like, oh, hey, Jay, how's it going? It's like, good, Rodney. Shouldn't you be at your show? He's like, oh, you know about the show. It's <laughs> like, yeah, Rodney. Like, this is a huge deal. Like, everybody's sight. Like, all these people going this direction are going to see your show. He's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I mean... This guy, this rock star who made the most amazing, the, the most anticipated video ever, <laughs> was was going by himself to this huge premiere. I mean, there were probably thousands of people that wanted to go with him. I mean, and probably tens of thousands if you count all the little skate grommets and the little little kids that wanted to go. Like, oh my gosh, go with Rodney Mullen somewhere? That'd be awesome. And then let alone, like, all of the skate celebrities at that time and girls and who knows. But Rodney was going by himself. He, Rodney was kind of known as a weirdo for stuff like this. I'm kind of saying that Jesus is kind of a weirdo for the same reason. It's kind of weird to do, it, do things subtle when you're the show. You're the deal. You're it. Awesomest of the awesome. There's four Gospels. Four Gospels, four canonized or official, widely, widely accepted accounts of Jesus' life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are four guys that Jesus, or that God, the Holy Spirit could have whispered in their ear and said, this is how it happened. This is how Jesus rose out of the grave. This is how he got that boulder aside. This is how he did it. 
but he didn't. The account of Jesus coming out of the grave is not in any of the four Gospels. Why didn't he do that? Would this not have been super fun to write about? (laughs) Super fun to read, for sure. I mean, if I was in charge of this. (laughs) Do you guys remember that strong bad email? Like, what would you look if you were uh, a Japanese cartoon? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Like, well, for one thing, my boots would be a whole lot cooler. (laughs) And then I would just run around flying in cool poses. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you get like... You'd see Jesus with his, with his head down and then just slam the, the stone aside. And then he raises his eyes. And you're like, whoa. And then he jumps into the air in a cool pose, you know, where, where he doesn't actually move. But, like, you know, the star's going by. And... That'd be a whole lot cooler than the angel saying, oh, he's not here. You've missed Jesus. If you'd like to leave a message. I mean, Mel Gibson couldn't resist it. Like, yeah, let's put that in there. It'll be sick. And then there's that that that, that one uh, scene with Satan freaking out, you know, like wailing and frustrated and anguished defeat. Ah! It's like, yeah, yeah. It's all this, like, you want it to be tough. You want it to be cool. This is what we're building to. All of Mark, all of the, all the Gospels, heck, all of the Bible is coming to this point and we don't see it. We don't see it. Because, I mean, it's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be super. It is tough. T-U-double-F tough. This is a hard trick. The coolest trick ever. I mean, dead guy becoming a live guy. Jesus did it himself to to Lazarus a while ago. Why why don't we see this one? I mean, I don't know. Like, what if? I mean, it's it's, it is kind of a hard trick. I mean, if there, let's say there was, you know, let's say reanimation was kind of a a slightly less crazy sacred miracle. And it happened maybe once every, I don't know, 10 years or something. And there was a guy that could do it. Like, imagine him getting to Jesus' case and coming to this meat grinder pile and saying, whew, don't know about this one. (laughs) I mean, I could probably get it started again, but, man, it's just going to die again in five seconds. I mean, there's holes in him. (laughs) I mean, think about it. I mean, I don't know, like, what would it look like? Jesus did if we saw it. Maybe uh, a thought I had is maybe it was a kind of gift, maybe from the Father to Jesus. It's like, okay, that really sucked. Here's a gift. This is just for you, Jesus. Enjoy this. Make it awesome. Make it cool. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. Rock it, have fun, fly through the air in a cool pose, do what you want. But we don't get to see it. The fact remains. If I was an angel, if I was an angel, I'd definitely be like, Jesus, can I go? I mean, can I, can I see this? I want to see this. 
but we don't see him. But this angel, this angel, the messenger guy, even himself described fairly flatly a young man sitting, wearing a white robe. Okay, from the other Gospels, we know this is an angel. Otherwise, kid in a white robe. Okay, interesting. <laughs> but this, this angel is pretty blasé about it. Talking to our girls, he says, he's not here. Hmm. Okay. Thanks, Sherlock. <laughs> he's risen. He's not here. See, that's where he was. I want you guys, okay, let's all, let's all do our uh, imagination thing. I don't know, do I had a, there's this dinosaur lady that made us do this when we had to think in, in grade school. I don't know if that helps or not. But uh, close your eyes or stare at the ceiling or something. I want you guys to put yourself in the place of these girls, of these, of these three ladies. Um, imagine, imagine what is going through their heads at a zillion miles an hour. So I'll give you a couple seconds, you know, do what you got to get there. All right. He just got up. He just got up early, before the sun comes up early. And your eyes are kind of burny like they are when you get up early. And, and you're frankly sick of crying. But even now it's taking you effort not to cry. The guy that changed your life, that turned your life from crap to diamonds, has died. He's going to change everything else too. Society, government, religion. Somehow, somehow he died. Somehow he let himself get killed, it seems. So you have that stone in your throat from, from holding the tears back. And you're talking with your girlfriends about how you're going to do this. I mean, you got the spices last night, check. But there's that huge stone there. How are, you, how are we going to get that thing out of the way? But the sun's just coming up as you get to the tomb. And you still haven't formed a plan, but Oh. The boulder's already moved aside. Oh, sweet. I, sweet, I guess. But wait, what could be going on? And so you and you and Mary and Salome, you go into the tomb, the little cave, and the first place your eyes go is the place where they put him because there isn't a wrapped-up body there. And immediately next, you notice a baby-faced guy in a really clean robe who seems to be lit up or something. You start looking around in spasms. Where did he put the body? Are there gods outside? How is he lit up like that? What's Salome doing? This glowing kid is really unnerving me. And you really just break down and freak out. And then the kid says, don't break down and freak out. You're looking for Jesus. He was crucified. You think in your head, yeah, yes. He is risen. And immediately your mind, like, finds a track and starts hustling down it. Well, Jesus said he was going to do that, but that was days ago, and he hasn't done it. But fluorescent boy keeps going, and you listen to him. He's not here. Look, that's where he was. Yeah, I know. I can see that. So get going, ladies. Tell the disciples, Jesus is already ahead of you going to Galilee. You'll see him there. 
And so you bolt. You turn tail and go. But not to do what the guy told you to do. It just seems like the best course of action. Your head is spinning. And the best course of action just seemed to drop the spices, hike your skirt, and sprint. So what is going on in your head as you're flying? Crap, he wants us to tell the disciples. Those guys don't listen to us. Dang it, we don't even really have anything to tell them. Jesus said he would rise after he died, I think. I mean, I thought. I thought he was just kind of talking weird like he does sometimes. But I maybe I think I believed it. Maybe I didn't believe it. Am I believing it now? Did he do it? Maybe he did it. And what comes down to it, you don't say anything. Because you're scared. You're scared because something completely nuts happens. And when completely nutty things happen around here, nobody wants to hear it from a woman. Now, pause the movie. Possible resurrection of the Son of Man aside, we have a new development here. The Marys are afraid. Up till now, these girls have been fearless. They went everywhere following Jesus. They went places that his 12 best guys dared not. And all of a sudden, they're afraid. This is, this is a development. These chicas are tough. And now they're, like, freaking out. I actually don't want to, like, spend too much on this, but I thought they'd be super sweet journal fodder for you or this uh, to write a poem about or something. Like, this could be super sweet to think about. Because um, Dave... Dave Weatherby put it in my head, and I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a bone. And one more, Proverbs 1-7. See if that gets you anywhere with it anyways. Um, okay, so let's, let's go back to the story. Let's keep the story moving. Oh, wait. We can't, because the freaking book ends there. This is it. This is all we get. God has some disagreements with Hollywood about some storytelling. Okay, so, so picture this, if you will. I'm going to describe to you the end of Return of the Jedi, God's edit. So, you've got, you've got the, the rebel admirals and, and, the, and the captains, like, in that, that big, that big uh, conference room. Like, man, who'd they, get, who'd they rope into this? Lando says, <laughs> I don't know, Han. Uh, but it turns out to be Lando. Anyways, like, they, everybody's psyched. We, yeah, we're going to get him. We're going to kill all the evil in the galaxy. Goodbye, Empire. And so you see him getting into their X-Wings and Y-Wings and, and zooming off into space. And then the scene, like, right before it all happens, like, you see it, all, the whole rebel fleet, the plucky rebel fleet about to kill the Empire, flying at the Death Star. Like, yeah. And then God pushes the skip button. And then we end up at the Ewok party. <laughs> can, can you feel the frustration? Dang it! <laughs> there is something really cool that I totally missed. <laughs> is 
that not what's kind of going on with, with Mark and, and all the other three Gospels? Why is there so much we don't see? Why does God obscure this for us? Okay, let's do a cost-benefit analysis. I am going to be public relations consultant to God. Um, now, I'm pretty sure this is okay because God knows I'm joking and God knows I'm an idiot. I think he knows where I'm going with this. So, okay, let's do it. God's cast benefit analysis for excluding from the Bible the description of Jesus' resurrection. Start with the pros. First one, artsy pretentiousness. <laughs> Very cool right now. <laughs> I like independent film. And I think a lot of uh, independent film fans, yay. Um, I love this story. The storytelling is so awesome. I get so into them. And then I get pissed when the credits start rolling because the ending always sucks. Like, the, the, it, it never resolves. You're like, wait, 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 wait. I'm pretty sure I knew what the conflict was. Pretty sure it's not resolved. <sighs> but that's cool, right? I mean, like, independent film is very in right now. And so... Jesus, this is a good move. Artsy pretentiousness, check. Moving on. People more excited for the sequel. <laughs> you know, like the old Fellowship of the Rings thing. <laughs> that ending sucked. <laughs> but you're like, yes, two towers, bring it on. You were psyched. Uh, more pros? Okay, nope, there's no more. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, God. Not liking your plan so far. Okay, first con. Why you wouldn't do this. There can't be a flimsier explanation you could come up with. If you're inventing a religion, God, yours, Christianity, is this... Do you want to base it all on this account of the pivotal linchpin happening? So why don't you put something a little bit more like... Go look it up in the Roman records or something like that. I don't know. Pretty flimsy. Next con. No one would know what happened. Not good PR. Next one. No one would know what happened. One more. No one would know what happened. God, I don't know about this plan. I would do things differently. It's just, is it, is it, it just seems too easy for God to do it this way. He does some really crazy stuff. Redemption? Redemption is my favorite. Personally, it's my favorite trick of God's. Turning crap into diamonds. I love it. He does amazing stuff. Why couldn't he made this a little cooler or something? I've got a quote here that, that, that was insightful for me. The first time I read it, I was, I was a very good Christian. It was, and, and I was very dutiful, and I did Christianity really good. I don't think I was a Christian. I'm pretty sure I wasn't. <laughs> but it really kind of consternated me. I was like, wow, ooh, I don't know about this. But... Um, 
But now I'm like, yeah, totally. This is totally up God's alley. Okay, so it's fun. It's, uh, it's Douglas Adams. Huh? Yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nerds. Hands in the air. All right. So, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. A little, uh, take it away. Take it away for a second. It's about the, the, the Babel fish. It's this, it's this little fish that these guys that are running around the galaxy stick in their ear. Um, and it translates whatever language that they run into, whether they've ever heard it before or not. And it translates it into the language that they understand in their brain. Cool thing. Okay, so yeah, let's, let's get to the, here it is. Yeah, all right. Now, it, it is such a bizarrely improbable coincidence that anything so mind-bogglingly useful could have evolved purely by chance, that some thinkers have chosen to see it as the final and clinching proof of the non-existence of God. The argument goes something like this. I refuse to prove that I exist, says God. For proof denies faith, and without faith I am nothing. But, says man, the Babel fish is a dead giveaway, isn't it? It could not have evolved by chance. It proves you exist, and so therefore, by your own arguments, you don't. Q-E-D. <laughs> oh dear, says God, I hadn't thought of that, and promptly vanished in a puff of logic. <laughs> now, you might guess that I'm not 100% in agreement with this, um, <laughs> and you'd be right. Uh, but it, I think... It, it, it pokes fun at logic, which is always fun. <laughs> but it proves the point that God loves faith. He's got this huge hang-up with faith. He goes major carrot on a stick. He, does, he goes way Pavlov with this. First uh, Thessalonians 4. Have we got that one too, right? Yeah. No? Dang it. Okay. This is my fault. Um, okay, so listen. Don't read. Just listen. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, those who have died. So you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Sweet. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, he'll raise us from the dead. And we hang out with him. Could be kind of pie in the sky, but dang, I'll sign up for it. God has this little piece of scripture, yet gigantic promise. Written with full knowledge that the account of Jesus' resurrection was pretty flimsy. Emotionally uncompelling and physically unsustainable. This is a major point in my argument tonight. It's like you're standing on a cliff and you can't see the ground and, and Jesus is next to you and say, jump off. It'll be super fun. It's like, ah, eh, eh, uh, no, 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 swear. You'll really like it, but I'll squish. It's like, no, 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 I'll catch you. But you're right there, not down there. We don't get it. We don't see how this is going to work out. We don't completely see how Jesus resurrects himself. We don't see how God is going to save us when we get really close to the ground and splat. Maybe. God is he's setting up a choice for us. 
really wants choice. He wants you to make a decision about the Christianity thing, about the whole religious thing, about the Jesus is the son of God and died and rose again. If you spelled it out, choice is gone. God wants you to trust him. He wants you to believe him. He wants you to love him. He's giving you an out, though. He only wants you to do those things if you want to. It was just facts. That would not be romantic. It would not be... It would just be gray. But going out on a limb for love, for redemption, that's hot. Moving along with the argument, conversely, Paul spells it out. Um... In case the, the resurrection was just a myth. First Corinthians 15. I think yeah, we got that one, right? Yes. Christ has not been raised. Then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise. If in fact, the dead are not raised for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, Your faith is worthless. You're still in your sins. And those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most pitied. Yeah. If this didn't happen, it sucks to be us. This is basically what he's saying. Honestly, I might have a couple disagreements with it. Even if there is no hereafter, pie in the sky, live forever stuff. Like, I like my life because I've made the decisions I've made. Because of Jesus coming back to life. But, at the same time, Paul's saying, nah, sucks to be us. Deluded are you. All right. I'm going to sort of get to my point here. I got I to gotta have a point, right? I'm standing where the pastor normally stands. Does that make me a pastor? (laughs) Um, Well, I've been playing with and teasing this notion that that this event happened, that Jesus of Nazareth died, good and full-on dead, and then came back to life. I'm not going to try to pin you down and make you believe that this happened. Not my responsibility. Because like I said before, I'm not even 100% convinced that happened myself. Now I have to pause for effect. I found in my sermons that I sometimes say stuff that makes people reel a little bit. And then they start, I mean, you can see the, the, the thought process going. Jesus or Jesse doesn't think that the resurrection happened. Wait, maybe he's not a Christian. Jesse is demon-possessed. And while, while, while this thought process is going on, I make my explanation. And that, I've, I've learned that that's not a good idea. So, come with me. 
Everybody listen to me, right? Everybody listening? Okay, okay, okay. I know that if you're a Christian, especially if you're a Christian in Colorado Springs, you are supposed to say that you're 100% sure that the resurrection happened. You're supposed to. But I, I'm not calling anybody a liar. But I would bet money that the vast majority, I mean vast majority of Christians, these people that say that are 100% sure are not 100% sure when it came down to, to it. Doing the Josh Cook thing. <laughs> so continuing with my thought process, um, am I disqualifying the faith of the vast majority of Christians, as I put it? No, 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 no. Quite the opposite, the exact opposite. I'm uplifting it. Because you don't know it happened. And you live this life anyway. Because you try like hell to follow Jesus everywhere he goes. That is faith. That is goodness. That is what Jesus is after. Here's some more Bible. This is one of the most succinct definitions of faith ever, and it's in the Bible. Uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Spells it out pretty well, don't you think? Stuff you don't see, you believe it anyway. And you remember, like Jesus, God has this uh, hang-up on faith. He wants that. I didn't see Jesus come back to life. I didn't get to see it. No one did. I'll never prove to you that he did. But friends, I'm trying really hard to base 100% of the decisions in my life as if he did. There's quite a few weird things to Christianity. There's, There's... there's stuff I don't understand. There's stuff I don't even know about. There's stuff with Christianity that I have disagreements with. But in the face of that, I still try to make every one of my decisions based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And I've been doing that for 10 or 15 years. And I don't have regrets about that. Thankful that that I've been doing that. My life is not easy, but it's awesome. My life rules, and a lot of it's because I've done what Jesus asked me to. Even though I don't know what He don't know that He did what He did, I still am fascinated with Him. I want Him in my life. This, this kingdom of heaven that Jesus made, ushered in with his death and, and his life before it, and his death and his resurrection, it's, it's not military, it's not political, it's obscure. 
and it's hidden and it's subversive. This kingdom works hard with its hands, blesses when cursed, endures when it's persecuted. This kingdom is the kingdom of the scum of this earth. It is Jesus' kingdom, and it is beautiful. Shivery, beautiful. Whoa, beautiful. Man, shut up. Really? No. That's my wife. My wife. Then Kepi must be done with this test. I have friends who say that they, that they want this kingdom, but they just don't see it. Well, what I'm saying tonight is that you don't have to see it. Hell, you can't see it. The way, thing, the way God set things up, he wants you to believe in this kingdom before you see it. He wants you to believe in him and what he's done before you see him and what he's done. He's really obscured this and it seems it seems like self-sabotage, honestly. But it's it's so conspicuous that he did it this way. It makes him fascinating all the more. So tonight, this Easter, think about it. Or don't think about it. Maybe stop thinking about it. I had to stop thinking about it when I came to, De- came to Jesus the real way. I tried. I tried doing the be good stuff. That sucked. But I still wanted it. Eventually, I was like, okay, God, I want it, but I just can't do it. I was like, okay, here it is. I've been waiting for you to see it. I was like, oh, shit. And, like, I did, like, I this new investigation of stuff, like the morality of, of Jesus and the ethics of Christianity were nuts. There was, like, there were, like, nothing else. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Punk rock. Yeah, this is going to totally make the world better. I was like, I just want to do that stuff. I'm going to do that stuff. I'm going to follow Jesus around. Come what may. And I did not sign up for the spiritual stuff at the uh, spiritual stuff at that time. I didn't think it. I just, I was, I had gotten very naturalistic. I was like, eh. I don't know about the supernatural thing, but this is still a good way to live. I'm going to do it. But then Jesus was like, oh, sweet. Thank you. Here's the spiritual stuff too. And I'm like, Drinking from the fire hose. And then, oh, man, did my life change. I stopped being intellectual. Now, don't, uh, that's not what I wanted to say. I was, I was tortured by intellectualism. I'll say that. I was, I loved thinking deep. I loved overthinking everything. I was like, my mind was just obsessed with, with deep thoughts and craziness and, and, and math. I really loved math and, and the, the interweaving of math and philosophy. And whew. 
I was rescued from that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now thinking is fun instead of torturous. My invitation to you tonight is to want this. Think about it. Yeah, I think thinking is it's an enjoyable pursuit. Thinking about God, why would you do this? And and God, why did why did these girls start freaking out now? And thinking about stuff like that. Most enjoyable and fruitful. But my invitation tonight is for you guys to want the kingdom of God. Just to want it. Live like you want Jesus to have come back to life. So, brothers and sisters, keep your heart, keep believing. Happy Easter.